right. Thank you for listening to my. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you for listening to my age podcast. A podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life using music to plot a map from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Cool. Um, what's going on, party people? First off, big apologies for the gap. Uh, for the big gap, actually. Uh, I was really, really, really sick. Um, a few days before this was meant to come out. On Anzac Day, actually, I was really sick. And it was meant to come out two days after Anzac Day. I was in the emergency room, emergency ward, uh, for two days. Well, I went in on a Thursday, I came out, I went back in on a Friday, and then I came out. And then I was basically quarantined for two days, so that was mad. And then, uh, just as it passed, I got a really bad cold, which I'm kind of, you know, at the tail end of right now. Um, so that's awesome. That's awesome when that happens. Uh... So basically because of that, I've had to bump three podcasts that I had scheduled to record that uh, were due to record when I was, when I got sick and, which is a bummer. And tomorrow, Nicole, Cody and myself are off to Hawaii for a fortnight. So unfortunately, this is going to be the only podcast of the month of May. Um, So I guess you could listen to it twice because it's a fantastic episode with a fantastic guest who I'll talk about in a second. Um, also, I'm hoping that in the coming months I'll be able to drop more than two episodes so I can make up all the lack of episodes over April and May. So, basically to kind of get that, you know, my goal this year was to do two average two podcasts a month and that's completely fucked everything up by being sick. But, you know, YOLO, keep going. Um... Also, big shout out to everyone who donated a dollar. <coughs> Pardon me. And in particular, mega shout out to Gabe, Patty Larson, and Sam Harwood. What's up? Uh, for donating way too much money. Um, it meant heaps to me with the response that I got. And again, because of that, I'll try really, really hard to do the two episodes a month average for the year. Um, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, basically. I don't want to do any kind of advertising. I think it's, especially for the size of what this is, it's kind of hacky, very hacky. Not kind of hacky, very hacky. Um, I don't ever want to turn, like, making a money-making thing. I just love doing it. Um, and so I stole the idea from Dan Carlin, Carlin, who does Hardcore History and Common Sense Podcast, and decided, basically, look, if you're down with the content and you like what you hear and you think it's worth a dollar, then send me a dollar. Basically, go to paypal.me slash myagepodcast uh, there'll be links on all the social medias and whatnot, whatever um, and so it's simple you can donate a dollar, you can donate more if you want like Paddy, Gabe and Sam did but you don't have to um, if you do you're amazing and if you don't you're still amazing and there's nothing to love either way because you listen to it and yeah it's all good um, anyhow Today's guest, Beck Stevens, as you would have seen by the title of said podcast app or whatever. Um, if you know her, then kudos to you because you've got fantastic taste in music. And if you don't know her, then lucky you because you're about to listen to your new favourite artist you never knew you loved. Um, Beck's unreal. You know, Beck's unreal. That's all I've got to say. Um, her song choice is fantastic. Um, yeah, that's, 
Look, me, I'm still kind of crook. So me babbling on is just wasting sweet time and holding you back from listening to the episode. So, anyhow, with that, Beck Stevens. Kill. Alrighty, episode 19, Beck Stevens. How you doing? Good, dude. It's it's all happening. Um, you've just come back from a lovely Luxor dinner. Yes, yes, which I had for dinner yesterday as well. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> from the same place? Nah, I like to mix it up. Awesome. As soon as, the, as soon as the sun starts disappearing, I just fill myself with soup every day. That's very good. So you've listened to you've listened to at least one episode before, so I guess you kind of know what this is, how this all goes down. Yep. So talk us through the beginnings, the early stages, the early years of Beck Stevens. Well, um, I don't know really. My music, like the music that I was listening to when I was really young. I, was, I rang my mom today to try and remember because I have memories of what I wanted to listen to, but I don't, yep. I don't have memories. All of the stuff I wanted to listen to, I kind of – my mom hated it and I found it on phone in other ways. Um, so what, what, were your, what were your parents listening to? Uh, well, my dad – my dad listened to and still does just religiously his whole life has just like listened to Bob Dylan, Lennon, Archie Roach, um, just a lot of, a lot of storytellers basically. Um, Fleetwood Mac, which my mom hates, but I love. So me and my dad share that. Um, and then my mom is my idol and is the most obscure woman in the world and listens to absolutely everything on the face of the earth. She has the most, the largest array of music and genre that she listens to. But then we'll like, for example, she'll like religiously listen to classical music for a whole week straight. And then one morning you'll get up and she'll be making a break breakfast, listening to system of a down. Um, As you do. <laughs> And she'll she'll she loves R and B. She loves everything. She loves hip hop. She loves um, just like 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 old school rap. Um, lots of gospel music. Um, lots of classical music. Uh, just like the largest array of things. Uh, lots of modern stuff as well. Like she's she's so far more on top of like what's cool these days than I am. She listens to everything that's on the radio. She probably owns every single hottest Triple J Hottest One Hundred that's ever been released. She she knows about everything. She's a whiz. We always had parties growing up, and she she was just always the D, DJ religiously. She had to be the DJ um, DJ Joe. That's what they called her, and she would just stand and put CDs on all night and just, like, kept it coming. She was the best DJ. We'd all be grooving, pissed as shit, all, all the parents would be, and we'd just dance on into the night, and my mom would be just, like, smashing it. Cool. <laughs> so is, are your parents musical? Like, with, if you, like, your dad sounds like he potentially could be. Because... Yeah, see, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> he sounds like he could be, but he is so not. Um, he isn't. No. <laughs> nah, he, like, he loves music, but... I don't know. He has not a musical bone in his body. My mum uh, can play piano. 
she like learned piano when she was young and we have a piano at home but she she just does it as something nice to do every now and then she doesn't really play it that often she refused to teach just because she said it took her so long to learn it was too hard <laughs> um so me and my brother never got to learn well we I mean I guess we probably could have if we wanted to on our own but she said she was never going to teach us um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, she also has perfect pitch so I think that's the only reason that I can sing is because she told me I sucked until I could. <laughs> did she did she teach with vocals or just kind of um, like told you? Yeah, no, nah, I guess vocals just sang. I would just sing along with her. She always would. She'd explain to me that I was like singing through my nose or I was singing out of key or I was flat or something like that. And I until I understood it. So it was just a lot of trial and error until I figured it out. Um, yeah, my brother's the same. That's unreal. Yeah. Is your brother's older, younger? My brother is nearly four years older, I think. I could be wrong, and then he'll hear this and be pissed at me, but I don't think he knows how to play actually. four years. Does he play? I think he's three years older. Yeah, he plays. He's an incredible musician. Lot Very different to me, but um, super talented. Like, he's probably one of the main reasons that I play music. We were younger. He learned guitar and was doing stuff, and I just, when I was younger, all I wanted to play was my brother, so... Um, yeah, and then, and then he, and then I kept playing and got better. And he's still amazing, but he doesn't really play in front of people. Didn't do much. Didn't do much with it. Oh, he plays every now and then, but like, like I, I'm from Tassie. I grew up in, I grew up in Tassie, so he'll play a show at a pub every now and then. Like he played more when I was living at home because I think I'd organize stuff and make him play, but not so much now unless he's like. He's, he's super and like nervous as well, so he really only play if he's pissed out of his brains. And then it's also not the best performance anymore, <laughs> but it's great, great to watch. So you're you grew up in Tassie? Yeah, I've been in Adelaide for coming fuck five years, something disgusting like that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's let's jump into the first song. What have you got for us? Actually, like, don't tell me what you've got for us. What? Could you have potentially picked but didn't pick? There's a lot of things. Like growing up, I growing up, I there was like a particular best friend of mine. I grew up spending a lot of time at her house and um we just we love music, we love dancing and we love singing. And we grew up uh, we our favorite films was Priscilla Queen of the Desert and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um and then her mom owned like like so many 70s mixtapes and 80s mixtapes so we just listened to banger after banger and they were just like huge compilations of just hits so I would come home singing all these songs and that that was what I loved and I would come home singing I knew that the whole soundtrack to Priscilla Queen of the Desert and Rocky Horror off by heart and I would come home and do these performances for my family where they would have their friends around um I remember telling my mom when I was younger that I wanted to be a drag queen when I was older, not quite understanding what that meant, but that's what I knew at that point in time. That was what I wanted to be. And I was like, well, look, you can follow your dreams, do whatever you want, figure it out. Don't let me stop you. And they didn't. And yeah, I guess I could potentially one day, but, um, yeah. yeah, that's what I wanted. So when I was thinking of songs to play, I was just like, those, all of those songs, but they definitely weren't, the first, like, they weren't the songs that were being played at home unless I forced it upon. Like, my mom played so yeah. much weird stuff. I rang her today and I was like, 
all I can think of was this, um, my mum had this like, I don't know if she bought it for us or how we wound up with it or if it was hers, but um, we had a, just like a single of <laughs> this song done by um, the chef from South Park. Yes, yes, Isaac Hayes. Um, yeah, Isaac Hayes uh, singing song called Chocolate, uh, Chocolate Salty Balls. Um, Fantastic. And we, Fantastic. I remember singing that song all the time when I was little. We'd sing it in the car, me and my brother. We would have been, I would have had to have been eight or nine. And that was like a banger that we were singing in the car. So I rang mom and I was like, mom, I have to do this podcast and I've got to think of this song. And all I can think of is this song. And she's like, that's fucking great. Put that on. I was like, no. <laughs> it's, such, it's a pretty funny song, but it's a great song. Uh, no, the song that I chose was Captain Fantastic by Elton John. It's my mum's favourite song and I remember hearing it. That's unreal. That's a great that's a great song to kick it off. So let's check it out then. Oh, actually I thought of a better song. Can I change my song? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got a better song that makes way more sense. As much as Captain Fantastic is a great song, I know a better song that is more relevant for that time in my life. Go for it. Um Oh, fuck, what's his name, though? Oh, yeah, Arsehole by Dennis Leary. <laughs> That's so good. So who was, who was listening to this? My mom and us and me and my brother. It was The music was all me, my brother, and my mom, and then Dad would every now and then chime in and just be like, this is great. My, dad, my dad's just like whatever takes whatever comes. He has the stuff that he likes, but he doesn't like. He's just like such an easy dude. So it was all just like we got to say, and he was like, "Yeah, cool, whatever, it's all good." Let's do it, asshole. What does lyric? This song, like I remember this song coming out, and I think it. <clears throat> I mean, I think it did really, really, really well in the hottest one hundred yeah, for some did. reason when it came yeah. out. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a it's a hell of a song. Like it's yeah. Let's listen. Unreal. <laughs> Folks, I'd like to sing a song about the American dream. About me. About you. About the way our American hearts beat way down in the bottom of our chests. About that special feeling we get in the cockles of our hearts. Maybe below the cockles. Maybe in the subcockle area. Maybe in the liver. Maybe in the kidneys. Maybe even in the colon. We don't know. I'm just a regular Joe with a regular job. I'm your average white suburbanite slob. I like football and porno and books about war. I got an average house with a nice hardwood floor. My wife and my job, my kids in my car. My feet on my table and a Cuban cigar. But sometimes that just ain't enough to keep a man like me interested. Oh, no. No way. Uh-uh. No, I've got to go out and have fun at someone else's expense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drive really slow in the ultra-fast lane while people behind me are going Yeah. 
myself a 1967 Cadillac Eldorado convertible. Hot pink with whale skin hubcaps and all leather cow interior and big brown baby seal eyes for headlights. Yeah! And I'm going to drive around in that baby at 115 miles per hour, getting one mile per gallon, sucking down quarter pound of cheeseburgers from McDonald's in the old-fashioned non-biodegradable styrofoam containers. And when I'm done sucking down those greaseball burgers, I'm going to wipe my mouth with the American flag, and then I'm going to toss the styrofoam containers right out the side, and there ain't a goddamn thing anybody can do about it. You know why? Because we got the bomb. That's why. Two words. Nuclear fucking weapons, okay? Russia, Germany, Romania, they can have all the democracy they want. They can have a big democracy cakewalk right through the middle of the Inman Square, and it won't make a lick of difference because we got the bombs, okay? John Wayne's not dead. He's frozen. And as soon as we find a cure for cancer, we're going to thaw out the Duke, and he's going to be pretty pissed off. You know why? Have you ever taken a cold shower? We'll multiply that by 15 million times. That's how pissed off the Duke's going to be. I'm going to get the Duke and John Cassavetes and Lee Marvin hey. and Sam Peckinpah hey. and a case of whiskey hey. and drive down to hey. Texas. Hey. You know, you really are an asshole. Why don't you just shut up and sing this song, pal? I'm an understanding the stuff he was saying or did you just think like the the lyrics were like the chorus was funny and that was a doubt nah, I understood it um I don't know my, yeah. I think like I I grew up watching um I was raised watching anything on ABC I wasn't allowed like we didn't have oh my god my dog's crying I don't know if you heard that uh okay. <laughs> um we need more dogs yeah. in this podcast. So You'll probably set chime in more soon. Um, yeah. No, I grew up, we were basically only allowed to watch ABC. Um, we didn't have like Nickelodeon or anything like that. Um, so, and that was my mum's English. So I was basically raised watching whatever she liked, which worked out great. So I was raised watching Young Ones, Red Dwarf, Blackadder, um, like when we grew up, Black Books, when that came out, like um any british any british comedy so i don't know i think and just the friends that i had the and the stuff that we were watching and listening to was just a lot a little more i guess i want to say advanced but i guess it was because we were watching stuff that children wouldn't normally watch um so yeah. my sense of humor i was just a, and my mom my mom never shied away from my mom talked to me like I was an adult basically since I was a child till I was who I am now. Um, so if I didn't understand something, she'd explain it. I, when I grew up, when I was younger, I just like those, those stuff that I understood, like I knew what it was about, but I didn't understand when things were offensive. So I grew up in a small town and I would run around calling at any cop. I saw the pigs and thinking that I was hilarious. And then, but being like there was like two friends I had that understood and then every other like friend I had was just like, what is she saying? And then getting in trouble by my older brother because he's like, you're going to get us in so much trouble. See? Okay, so you were into music way, way young. Um, what was the what was the kind of turning point of, like before you realised that kind of music was, I guess, a thing, like, um, like something that people did 
like as an well as an occupation as a creative outlet and that kind of jazz. Um, do you remember the kind of? Did you have an aha moment when you were like, when music kind of crossed over from I guess something disposable? I loved singing. Uh, yeah. I I loved singing. I loved Spice Girls, and I loved. Good. Like the, I was so much stuff that I loved. Like even to now, my um, I guess I'm similar to my mom in the sense that I listen to like a huge array of stuff. Like and so many people, you know, you know, like there's so many scenes. You're like, oh, they're the hardcore kids, and they religiously only listen to hardcore. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, oh, I need. Yeah. I have like my playlists. I keep them very personal, and they. If anyone listened to them, they'd be like, this is the wackest shit ever because you've got so much going on. But it's just the way that it is. So when I was growing up, I listened to so much um, different stuff. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I remember falling in love with Queen when I was probably um, it was like 11 or 12. And um, I don't know. I think it was like the first – I, and not, I know it wasn't like the first band that I loved, but like the band before, like like the other bands, the other people that I loved was the Spice Girls, and I loved Britney Spears, and there was a lot of pop artists that I loved. Um, but then I remember it's I don't I don't remember the point, but I, I I don't remember the first time I heard it, but I remember listening to Queen and being like, oh my god, like, um, oh, I think actually I'm trying to think of when it was made i remember it feels like it must have you know the film Shaun of the dead i know i've not seen it but i know it yeah in 2004 i was in grade four so i remember Shaun of the dead coming out that can't be right that seems like yeah it doesn't seem i must have been so old when that came out but i really wasn't um yeah anyway that's i remember i remember hearing a queen song on that and i'd heard queen before but i like it, don't stop me now I played on it and I was like that's a fucking great song and then oh. and I was, sorry my dog's crying that's okay again don't be sorry <laughs> what do you want I'm gonna keep doing that um and then my mum bought me I started going on and on about Queen and she bought me like their greatest hits or something and I thrashed yeah. it on my discman um constantly and I remember, I remember this so clearly, saying to her, um, I can't wait till I'm older and I get to go see Queen play. And she just looked at me and she said, oh, you <laughs> she was like, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. And then she told me Freddie was dead and I was crushed because I just like, I just had no idea. So it was just like, I was like, this is the best band. Can't wait to see them live. And then she's like, oh, you missed out it because you're actually – this this has already happened. Like <laughs> you're, you're late. Well, literally, did she know you could go see them with the guy from um, Maroon yeah, Five. Look, the I I just don't. I mean, I sh- I could, and it would probably be great. One time, my parent, my mom bought me a ticket to go see what I thought was the Spice Girls, but it was actually just four women pretending to be the Spice Girls, and wow. I. I think she, I was real young, so I I don't think she thought that I must have been at seven or eight. So I just assumed that she probably didn't think that I would notice. But I got there and I saw them and I was like, "Who the fuck are they?" This is <laughs> literally. And I remember I'm being like, "Why the hell?" I feel like I didn't take in any of the shows. I was like, "This is a 
fucking hooks. Like, this, why, why would I want to see four ladies pretend to be a Spice Girls? I can do them all myself at home. <laughs> what was there only four? Who was oh, five. five? Oh, there was five. Five? five? Yeah, scary, okay. posh, baby, oh, yeah, yeah, five, ginger. Shit. See? And the other and, one. Yeah, look, anyway. All of them. All of them were there. And they yeah. all, but all weren't there. <laughs> They're all imposters, though. Yeah, I felt I felt betrayed. And then I remember, oh, this, I remember lining, they did, like, you could go get their signature later. And mum was like, let's line up. And we had some other friends with us. And I was like, why would I want to go get some stranger's signature? They're not even relevant or special in any way. It's not even them. Yeah, yeah like, I could just go get anyone's signature. Just someone off the street. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so we're going to go with the Queen song to kind of step it up from Dennis Leary? No, I just thought I'd talk about it. Um, oh, I, uh, no, I feel like I wrote something else. That I wrote these down because I knew I'd forget immediately. Um, that's cool. Um, that's fine. Oh, no, I did pick a Queen song. Yeah. Checks out. Cool. I picked Don't Stop Me Now. Tonight I'm going to have myself a real good time. Feel alive and the world I'm turning inside out I'm floating around in ecstasy so don't stop me now don't stop me cause I'm having a good time having a good time I'm shooting star leaping through the sky Defying the laws of gravity I'm a racing car Passing by like Lady Godiva I'm gonna go, go, go There's no stopping me I'm burning through the sky 200 degrees Just while they call me Mr. Fahrenheit I'm traveling at the speed of light I wanna make a supersonic man out of you
Honestly, I wanted it played at my. I wanted it played at my funeral. Um, I was so, I was so certain. I was. I remember, and this is in like primary school. I was like, "That is my funeral song," and Mum was like, "I don't think people will get it," and I was like, "I don't." Care. Yeah, it's it's not for people to get. It's it's right. I like. I'm a big advocate of, um, set, like setting soundtracks for your funeral as you know. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh, yeah. The last few funerals I've been to, like in the middle of feeling like a million different emotions and feeling distraught and sad, I've been like, I don't think they would have wanted this song. And then I'm like, I should have been yeah. in charge. And like, I have like a moment where I'm just me. like, this is just, who picks this song? I bet you they didn't pick this song. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what was, what was going on in the scene in Shaun of the Dead while this song was playing? Um, uh, that uh, <laughs> they're beating a guy to death with some um, eight ball cues. Yeah. Fantastic. So, was your brother was your was your brother a big influence on you with music, or kind of was it more your mum, or were you all in it together? Or I feel like when I was younger, because you don't. I mean, we didn't like. I. I would just listen to stuff that I was shown, obviously, because I was so young. And then when my brother yeah. got to high school, um, he'd start, like, discovering stuff or and he made new friends and met new people and there was different things happening. So he would listen to new stuff and then he'd... And then he'd show me and then I'd be like, oh, my God. And if and honestly, for so long, if my brother thought it was cool, then it was that was what was happening because... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like I, he, yeah, that was just how it was, and I think I think he like partly loved and hated that. Like he'd be like, "You've got to like this. You've got to like all these things." So I'd be like, "Okay, I'll like all these things." And then I did, and he'd be like, "Well, stop copying me." And then I'd be like, ah. <laughs> "You said you were four in two thousand and four. No, or not four in two thousand four. No, year four. Sorry, year four. Sorry. But so you would have, you would have been like when you were taking the music, you would have been." Like, you would have seen kind of Napster come and maybe probably go. They would have been gone by about 2004. But, like, the whole digital music thing was definitely, like, a th- not a threat, but, like, it was there. When, when your brother was getting your music, was he buying CDs and were you buying CDs or, like, were you just downloading? No, we, the- I was still buying CDs for a really long time because I remember I had friends that would download stuff, but I didn't know how to do that and also my my, my – not my parents weren't necessarily strict on the com- like how we use the computer, but none of us we we're just never really that tech savvy, so we didn't know how to do that. Um, didn't buy stuff off on online until the last half of high school, probably when I figured out iTunes. But um, you talking about music or just stuff? Music in general? stuff like 
yeah but um until then like I would everything like I just buy CDs um my mum had heaps of cassettes and stuff as well but yeah CDs my mum my mum loves CDs my mum has got so many and I'm just like mum you can download this this is taking up so much space like if you saw our house it's just so stressful but she likes she likes having physical copies of things which I get like I love vinyls but vinyls are pretty CDs are ugly. So, but she she likes them. Um, she knows how they work, and it's in her comfort zone. Same with DVDs. She still's buying DVDs all the time, and I'm like, Lady, what are you doing? But she's what she wants to do, so she can do about it. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah, something which old habits die hard. Okay, so your parents didn't play music. What made you like? When did you start playing guitar? Then? So my brother learnt guitar when he was probably like. I remember we had this tiny little guitar that was like the first guitar he had and then it was the first guitar I had um I probably I think I started learning in year seven so I was probably end of primary school so when I was 12 to about yeah 13 I started having actual guitar lessons at school um I think I wanted my brother to teach me but I um uh yeah and I was getting some guitar lessons I got my first um nylon string guitar and I had this I think we still got it and I think we recently just gave it away to our friend a friend of our daughter um but I had this huge like hemp can save the universe sticker on the front that my mum bought me um and I yeah um uh so yeah so when I was I I just like I loved music and my brother played and I just wanted to base I I I can't remember why but I wanted to do whatever he did so I loved like music and my brother was playing guitar so I was like all right I gotta do that too um so I started playing guitar I was very lazy though like I loved playing and I wanted to play all the time but I only wanted to do what I wanted to do so I would go to guitar lessons I'd learn like three or four chords or whatever and then my teacher would be like all right we should learn some tab or we should learn some different songs and I'd be like no I want to go home and I'm going to learn this song and then he'd be like well I'd go to my next thing and he'd be like okay did you do this and I'd be like no but look at this and so I never really did anything that they actually wanted me to but I, I did enough so what were you what were you learning that he wasn't teaching you Oh, I just wanted to cover songs. I just wanted to sing. All I wanted to do was to sing at all times. So I wanted to be able to play with it. And I didn't want to sit around learning Stairway to Heaven. I didn't care. Like, well, just the tab, like all of that shit. I just I just wanted to be able to play along while I sang, which was needing. Yeah. So I just was like, I just need chords. I just need all the chords. I need to know how to play all the chords. And the rest, I'll figure it out later. Um, so, yeah, I... I can read tab, but I'm very, very, like, it's very loose. And um, I would have definitely been a better guitarist if I'd paid more, atten- more attention. But there, there was no chance in hell of anyone gaining my attention when I was in high school because I was a stubborn little shit. So. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, um, I don't know. Like, I guess, like, I've been, so I've been playing bass for yeah. yonks, like, 20-something years. And, um... 24 years I think it is and like it's one of those things where it doesn't like if you don't want to and I also teach bass as well to 
people as young as, you know, eight and as yeah. old as 50. And it's one of those things like people can sit down and show you and like, you know, for better or worse, they can show you the best way to learn, quote unquote. But if you're not interested, then you're not going to get any, you're not going to get anything out of it or take anything away from it. And it's just going to slow you down, if anything. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so kudos to you for sticking to your guns with um, doing what you wanted to do. <laughs> Like I look back, it's one of those things that I look back at now, and I'm like, I wish I paid more attention because now I'm not a very good guitarist. But I could practice more now and get better. But I just don't. Um, I don't know. I'm okay. I just it's one of those things where like I had a few guitar teachers growing up that I loved, and I like had crushes on them, and I was like, and I always think now, like I'd love for them to see me play, and then I'm like, actually, maybe that would be awful because they'd be like, oh, she must be good now, and I'm not. Okay, so what kind of when you were when you were getting into high school and playing guitar, what were you listening to then? Was like was a lot of obviously guitar central yeah. stuff and probably moving away from the pop stuff, where it was always always <laughs> it was the pop stuff was always uh, so there. So when I was like early um, high school, I was listening. I basically was listening to whatever my brother listened to. So and when I was early high school, I was listening to John Butler, Missy Higgins, Xavier Rudd, all the like the typical. Loki, um classics that every that it was a phase though like I don't know it's one of those things that I'll listen back to some of that stuff now and I'm just like oh I I get nostalgic because it was it meant something to me then um but I can't yeah. necessarily listen to it now um I just I think once if you've I don't know I guess when, once I got past I think I struggled with that like I loved that music but I was always missing something because it was all very really pretty and I was very angry and I wasn't hadn't quite found something that like because I love listening to music I never had I didn't have an iPod till like maybe year eight or nine but I would borrow my friends or use it in my discman. And I just like, and all I wanted to do was listen to music at all times. Like my ideal lunchtime would be to walk around by myself listening to music. Um, but I didn't, yeah. hadn't really found the, the the stuff that I needed to listen to, to be able to like express the feelings that I had. So I was super angsty, but then I was listening to really sweet music and then, like, that covered politics but in a really um, nice... And I was just like, this isn't fulfilling it yet. Um, so early days I was listening to that stuff. Um, but, like, there was other stuff as well. I just can't quite, like, think of names right now. I Like, I had friends that were also listening. To, I had lots of different influences um, from different people. And then, um, and then I met my first boyfriend, like first proper boyfriend, when I was just turning sixteen, and um, that's when I started listening to lots of different stuff. Because I think for a while I wasn't hanging around anyone that was inspired—not that he inspired me—but there was no one bringing anything new into my. Um, musical world kind of thing yeah yeah so there was like a lot of old stuff so I listened to like also I was listening to a lot of um my dad would share a bunch of stuff with me because I wanted stuff that was telling a story I wanted stuff that was talking about real things so I was listening to a lot of indigo girls and um 
uh, like Leonard Cohen, my dad would show me a lot of songs that were like super important. And like, it was kind of helpful because he'd be like, this song's about this. And then when I listened to it, I could understand it. But if I had heard it in passing, I probably wouldn't have actually cottoned on to what was going on. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah so, I was, and so I started listening to like, um, like a lot of Archie Roach and Bob Dylan and uh, like just, um, Oh, now my brain's not working. Um, Jimi Hendrix. And then, and then my mom would like, like just, yeah, everyone was every They were sharing stuff, but I don't know. Um, I think we all like, they were also listening to some of the stuff I was listening to. So we kind of shared that, but no one was bringing, no one was bringing anything like, really new in for me and then yeah when I started seeing this guy um his obviously his music taste came in on board as well and then so that's and I don't when I think about it now I don't even think he shared the music with me I think he had friends that were way cooler than him that they bought the good music in for me Uh, so as much as that guy sucks he definitely introduced me to some good people that helped um, who are, a lot of them are my friends now. So then I started listening to Lawrence Arms, um, and Propagandi and, uh, Dashboard Confessional. And I remember, like, I remember being showed the used and I remember, yes. I remember yes. like, I'd missed the boat. It had already happened. And then I remember them like reminiscing on the used. And then I, that was like my first time hearing it. And I I remember like thinking like if this had been a year or two before, I would have been like, get this away from me. Like, I don't get it. Why are you screaming at me? Um, but then I think when you just meet someone that loves something and like has it like, and can explain why, then you're like, Oh, I never thought of it like that before. So then I started like, I, I think I only listened to like one like record of the news, but I was like, this is it. Um, and I was just, what was the album? Uh, just no, just while I remember, um, they're self-titled, but and in love and death. Um, I just, I just needed, I just needed, I think I just needed something with a little anger, and I had nothing. And then I was like, oh, thank you for this. <laughs> but I, but in saying that, like I didn't listen to like, a, I, I, I went for a phase, but I didn't listen to like, I didn't religiously listen to the used, but I remember it being in there. But I listened to a lot of Sundowner. <laughs> And I listened to a lot of Lawrence Arms, um, Flogging Molly. Uh, so before you go on, because obviously, um, obviously Tasmania, you know, even ten years ago wasn't the hotbed of the the tour, the tour destination. How were how were these people getting the music? Like, um, yeah, because like uh, Lawrence Arms have toured a couple of times or at least once. But um, did they go down to Tassie? Um, no. So I think, and like the, as I said, like a lot of these people were all older than me. So they, at the time, I think like my, my boyfriend at the time and his friends, they were all about 18. So they just started going out and going, going to shows and then meeting people and probably seeing like a couple of like younger punk bands that had come down from at least Melbourne and like met some people, um, uh, but I think because I, I remember my friend Will, who um, he plays music in Tassie, he just he knew about a bunch of stuff before everyone else did, 
um and yeah, he, yeah like i like my boyfriend at the time there was so much stuff that he hadn't heard either and then will was just like look at all these gems that i have for all of you here are these gifts and we'd be like thank you um that's so good <laughs> yeah so yeah i just like for example sundowner's first record i had like i can like picture where i was laying listening to it on repeat like for for months and months at a time with my boyfriend at the time like that's all we listened to um yeah i don't know i but yeah i just assume because he played he plays music as well so i think he was playing a few shows and put met people or he just knew how to use the internet which i did not so at myspace i forget about MySpace. myspace is probably the thing yes it was around that. yeah absolutely yeah myspace was that thing that everyone used to find shit which even when that I still didn't know how to use it. Like I was so bad at finding music and stuff. I just didn't understand what it was for. I was just like, this is just this website where you tell people you don't like them or that you love them. <laughs> there was a, it was a weird, it was like, it's part of me thinks it's weird it took off, but then part of me also thinks like, it's weird that it's still not around. I don't know. Like it, the MySpace thing's an odd, odd little thing, a blip in the, um, a blip in history kind of, yeah. I'm upset at myself because I was like at such an angst with it at the time when it was like I think Facebook had just um I think Facebook had just popped up or um I'm not sure but I remember deleting MySpace because I was I was just like this is stupid I don't need this shit and I deleted it and I you have like an option like you could just not go on it um, or you can delete it, but if you delete your profile, it's like gone forever kind of thing. And um, I chose to like proper delete it. And now I look back now and I'm like, why did I do that? Because like at the time I wasn't thinking about it, but now I'm just like, there was so much comedy gold just waiting to be looked at that I can never see. Wait, waiting to be revisited. Yeah, because people talk about it all the time. People like whip out old photos and I'm like, fuck, I ruined everything. But also, it's all gone. It would have all been awful. <laughs> unreal so let's let's pick a song yep um i <laughs> i went with this song specifically because i literally remember i remember telling my dad because in his like in his eyes one i was already going out with a douchebag 18 year old that he hated but and i was 16 but also he thought that I was listening to like this beautiful folk music where they just like wanted to like make peace on earth. And then I got it and I remember him driving me home from school one day and I was like, dad, check out this fucking band. It's sick. It's, and I just got my first iPod. So I had all of the music that I wanted on it and just like, can you hear it? Cause I'd be like, I'd just be like, it's amazing. They just like, they cover all of these things. And this is still today, one of my favorite bands. And I think he appreciated it at the time, but I don't think he was quite ready for what I was going to whip out. Anyway, so I put on um, The Only Good Fascist is a Dead Fascist by Propaganda. Oh, look out. <laughs> yeah, so that's my song. And how did he take that? I, got, I wish I remember. I remember him sitting there, but I was like, I was like, you just have to get part, like, I know that it's not your style of music and I know that you think it's angry, but listen to what they're saying. Like, listen to it. And I definitely showed him a few. I remember, like, I remember singing along to, um, what's the song where he's like, and wait a minute, Dad, did you actually say freedom? Did you dumb enough to vote? You're fucking dumb enough to believe him. 
And I was like repeating that whole verse to him. And he was like, all right, okay. Like he was probably just like, all right, she's sassy. That's fine. That's good. But he would have, you'd think like music, music aside, he would have got down with the message. Oh, a hundred percent. Now my dad, my dad was always, he like, yeah, he, he could, he will, he'll appreciate anything. He'll be like, yeah, I don't, I don't like, it's definitely not his style of music, but the message at the end of the day, yeah, he'd get around it completely. Like, that was it. Those are so many bands that I've showed him. I'm like, look, I know that you weren't like this, but they're saying this. Or if you listen to this part, it's super special. And these bands are what made me like, I'd always listen to lyrics, I think, but these bands were like the when I first started to take everything in because I was, I wanted to write music, but I didn't know what I wanted to say. And then you could just like, like, this is when I was like finally ta- like starting to take everything on board and being like, fuck, that's so like, that's so deep or whatever. And um, yeah, yeah. So that's my song of choice. That's so real. So this is this. Is, did you show you did the whole album? Or this was the first song you put on for him. Oh, I probably showed him some other songs. I remember showing. I think I showed him like Dear Coach's Corner and a couple of others, but I forget. But I definitely remember sitting there with him with this song. What, like okay, so what? Was it about this? Was it just lyrics? Because it is an odd song in the sense of, like, it's got that weird kind of funk bass. Compared to, like, the rest of it's, you know, the rest of it's fast punk rock or whatever. This one's a really, it's, to say it's a comical song undervalues it, but it's, it's, yeah, definitely. I think I think it's because it's straight to the point. Okay. Which is what I love. I love that about it. I think I was just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like just it's so straight to the point and there's no fucking being around the bush with like nice words. It's just this is what it is, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. And the lyrics you can't hide like it's not I mean, there's big guitars in it, but you the message is and the vocal delivery is so like prominent. Definitely. And I think because I think that's probably why I showed him because because I wanted him to hear the message, I feel like if I picked a song that danced around the message a little more, he wouldn't have found it or he, yeah. it would have been easier for him to ignore it. Or like, especially when, cause this, it's very clear what they're saying, but some songs like you can't understand the words as much. Like if I had it, like he wouldn't have got it, but this one's very much so you can, you know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Especially with those like call and response, like, you know, line then dun 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 yeah. dun 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 line then dun 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 like everything's so clear. all the vocals are so clear so awesome yeah. I can't wait to hear this this is fantastic the only good da- the only good fascist is a dead fascist let's check it out. This one's for the master race. My brown power 
ass in your white power face! Kill them all and let a North God sort them out! Yours. So you must have been... Did you? Did anyone introduce you to at the time when you were listening to Propaganda? Did anyone introduce you to the Weekend Ends? No, like there were so many bands that I've only been introduced to in like say the last four, four to five years that like I could have known about earlier that I didn't, and um, I can't tell if I'm cross about that or if I like or if they found. I think a lot of th- I find it that a lot of things I. Don't take it for granted that sometimes, like, when I find them, because I think I find them at the right time when I need them, because I think sometimes yeah. things get forced upon you and people are like, listen to this, listen to this, and you're like, I'm not ready. Like, like when I was younger, I probably would have immediately because I was just like, oh, it's cool. There's some cool people telling me, there's some cool people telling me to listen to this cool thing. Like, I got to do it. And now there is no forcing me. Like, I will listen when I'm very good and ready. And if I don't feel... Cause it's a, like, it's, I just take music so seriously and it's really fucking important to me. So it's like, if someone's trying to force a record onto me and they're like, I think that you're going to love it. Like, I think that you're going to relate to it. I'm like, okay. But like, and then when you finally listen to it, you're like, why the fuck didn't I listen to that when they told me to? But like, it needed to, like a lot of things, like when you're going through a breakup and then all of a sudden there's fucking record comes out of nowhere like my last big well my biggest breakup probably and um midnight organ fight by um fratten rabbit only it appeared to me then which it had been out for so long and i was like and it was the most relevant thing that i could have ever listened to and it popped up just at that time that i needed it to and i was like it's incredible but also incredibly painful <laughs> yeah that's that's really um that's really way. That's a really fantastic way to encap- encapsulate. Is probably not the right word, but like, um, yeah, like the music will find you when you're ready for it, and you know, smack you straight between the eyes. It does. Like, yeah, it's it's one of those things, and and people always so. I always found myself like pretending that I'd known about stuff for so long, or stuff like that but it's just like no nah, i only just heard it and i love it and people are like are you serious i've known about that for this long and you're just like yeah well fuck who gives a fuck like that was like when i was younger i never do yeah. that all the time because i just wanted to seem like a complete legend at all times but it's tiring and i wasn't a legend at all times <laughs> um yeah so i don't yeah. know i'm i'm happy to admit my how uh my slow slow well, if you went to the party, at least you made the party. Exactly. And it's, I think it's nice for some people because I think, like, I will discover something that had existed. But I like it because I, I like discovering stuff on my own because I'm like, I did that. <laughs> um, even though everyone already knew about it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's like going through a maze, but everyone's been waiting at the end the whole time. And then you walk in, you're real proud of yourself, and they're like, we've been here for, like, three days back, and you're like, yeah, but I'm here now, and I'm real. I'm real glad about it. That is the most amazing analogy. That is such an amazing analogy. Okay, so how long have you been playing? What, sorry, what prompted you to, I guess, get it together enough where you were like, I think I can do this whole singer-songwriter thing. Or did you do? Were you doing a band first, or have you always been a solo artist? I I was a solo artist for so long. My band, I've only had a band for two years. 
um, and up until that point. Actually, you know what? I know something funny. The first time I ever played with a band was with you. It was with me and Trent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, in Sydney. And I. We had no idea what the song was, but we just jumped in. Yeah, everyone was pissed. I knew, and I, you were like, just play. And I was like, what do you mean, just play? You don't even know what I'm going to play. Um, and that was like, I had the best fucking time. I remember it so clearly. And I remember Gibbons filming it, and I was like, Oh my god! Oh, so there's video footage. I've not seen it. Oh uh, well, it's not, I've never seen it again since. I remember him sending it to me, but I think he sent it. I don't know. Like, if he's maybe if he's still got it on his computer or in his phone, but I doubt it. But yeah, I saw it like one time, and I was so proud. Even though it was like you guys were just the whole time, just like I was like so nervous, and you guys were staring at me. Uh, for context, everybody that's listening, this is the Isaac Graham show, and. Uh, with the what was he what no it wasn't even Isaac Graham show no it was punk rock, punk rock hillbilly yeah, it was punk rock hillbilly and Isaac just happened to be there um yeah which is also just like something to celebrate in itself because Isaac's never anywhere um <laughs> uh yeah it was you guys and then I remember yeah um getting up and then yeah that was hilarious and we just we just bombarded your stage and said we're playing a song oh my song my song actually like I think that song had maybe five chords, but uh, yeah, you nailed it. Everyone nailed it. If anything, I probably just ruined it because I was so nervous. And you guys were just did a really good job of pretending that you knew what was happening. And I was like, "This is great!" Playing to probably four people. Um, it was beautiful. It's <laughs> typical Sydney. Oh, typical anywhere, maybe. Um, yeah. So no, the first the I so. I started playing music in high school and then I would like, I would just play it. Like I'd play it, play at home. Um, and I'd play it like school assemblies and stuff. And I would just do covers before I'd written anything. I would just like do, um, I can't even think of what covers I'd do. I, um, I did a cover of, um, I don't even remember now. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I do. I just do like whatever. I did. I just did like, and I did like classic songs that would come out at the time, like "Skinny Love" by Bon Iver, and I did, I've heard some Mercedes Benz songs. Yep. And um. Yeah, I was gonna say, were you doing like older songs or contemporary? Uh, both, because I remembered covering um. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, um, by Dire Straits or Mark Knopfler. Yeah. Yeah. I actually covered the um. Indigo Girls do a cover of it, and I did their cover of it. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, a lot more emotional. I found. Um, and yeah, I can't really remember now. Um, I would just do anything though. I just wanted to learn everything. If it's a song I liked, I just wanted to learn it, just so I could, just so I had the option. Um, and I just print lyrics and lyrics and lyrics out and I just write out the, the chords for it and then I just have it all there and I would just sit there and I would just play all of the songs that I had, like, and I would just learn everything that I could possibly learn. Um, and then I remember I would play at assemblies and so that was like my first, I guess that was my first kind of um, playing in front of people which I would sometimes would play big assemblies in front of the whole school, which was pretty daunting. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, like, I remember later in high school, like, probably, like, the last year, like, I, that was just the thing that I did. And I kind of, <laughs> I just, I was so, um, 
I just felt like I was so much better than everyone else, but at the same time I hated myself and I was really furious and I felt like the biggest outcast, but everyone was like, I was, I was so torn because like, I think maybe I'd never didn't have friends, but I kind of wanted to not have friends. And I think I resented everyone for being nice to me because I wanted to have no friends, Um, but I was still, I don't want to say I'm cool. I didn't want, I don't want to say I was cool because I'm worried that someone I went to school is going to listen to this and be like, you were not cool at all. Um, (laughs) But like my brother was really popular. So when I got to high school, I kind of got like that boost. um, You got ushered in kind of thing. Yeah. Even though like I had one year at school with him and he beat the shit out of me. But um, no, um, I had, I kind of had friends by default, especially because I was, I was friends with older people. So I was friends with older kids at school, but I was also friends with older kids out of school. Um, and that just somehow makes you cooler. And then like, I'd, I'd smoked cigarettes and I could, I like, I think it was like my 15th birthday party. Like my dad was like, you're not drunk enough, go get another goon bag. Um, so like, I was drinking, I was doing all these cool things um, with no real direction as to what I wanted. And I, I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to be a punk, but I, but I was like kind of like aimlessly, which I guess old Landers, you, you meet some punks that have passion and they have direction in what they're like angry about. I was just angry. Um, but I was a privileged white kid, so I didn't really have much to be pissed about, but I knew I was pissed. Um, I think, yeah, I think I was, yeah, I was a little angry at a lot of people I have, I've, and I, I'd be angry at older people like that would, that would like be rude to my parents. I'd be like, you like fucks. And like, just like, just older people that were like closed minded because my parents were so open minded and then I hated them or like not my parents, but I hated other other older people automatically and I'd hate young people I just hated everyone I was so mad all the time my mom was real upset about it I remember talking about it with her recently and like she was like you just made it so hard because all I wanted you to do was have friends and do like do nice things but you just refused to make it easy because I just didn't want to be a part of anything um but I wanted to hang out with the older kids like my boyfriend was older I just wanted to go hang out with him and like I wanted to hang out with the other friends that I had and it's like all of my brother's friends were my friends they all pretty much are still my friends and they all like stopped being friends with him for a while because he's a loser it was kind of cool he was the cool one and then I was the idiot and then I got cool and I stole all of his cool and then he came to me one day and he's like hey Beck I know some of your friends now (laughs) that's unreal so it was so like you weren't mad at being in a small town because you obviously you kind of had people I mean sorry not to assume you lived in a small town but yeah I was I was like I I don't know yeah all I wanted all I wanted to do when I was young was travel and play music but I but yeah I'd never played like any real shows before and I I remember writing my first song about my first boyfriend when I was in year 10 and um I was so proud of myself like I and I listen back now and it's really not that bad so I was pretty proud of myself for my first song to not be that terrible it's definitely not the best but like it's hilarious and I can't play it without pissing myself laughing but at the time for a 16 year old to write their first love song it was actually pretty great 
Um, and I, I remember when I wrote it and I remember showing my music teacher and she was so proud of me. And I, sh- I remember my, 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 I remember showing my parents and it was kind of like the funniest thing in the world because like my parents, my dad, I could probably like just fart into a microphone and he'd be proud as fucking punch of me. <laughs> and my mom, on the other hand, like, gotta, you gotta, you gotta do a lot to that lady's proud. <laughs> you, gotta, yeah. you gotta work for it. So I wrote my first song and I remember, I remember I played it to my dad first on purpose because I know that he would give it the response that I really wanted, like, and that I thought that you needed, was there. yeah. And then I showed my mom. <laughs> So like showed my dad and he cried and he was like, Oh my God, you're amazing. And all of these things. And then, and then I showed my mom and she's like, oh, well, could, could be better. Could be this. Yeah. Right, right, more. No offense, mom. She, she knows, she knows she helped. Um, yeah. And she only, she, it's always, it was always constructive criticism. Um, yeah, absolutely. It would have been. <laughs> um, but the first thing, I don't know. So I remember, making friends with some uh was like I would make this I had this like new group of friends and they were all older than me and I was going to parties with them and stuff and um actually sad uh one of my friends the person the person probably in charge of the fact that I ever played in front of strangers apart from like at school assemblies was my friend Bernie who recently committed suicide um but he, I remember meeting him at a party and I remember thinking he was so cool. Like he'd gone to different schools, like, and he was older and I'd, I'd never met him before. And I remember being introduced. And I remember having a boyfriend at the time, but I was like, just like, he didn't matter anymore. I had this new crush, but like, not, didn't want to be his girlfriend. I just thought that he was the bee's knees. Uh, and he listened to all this cool music, including some of the stuff that I was already listening to, and then showed me. He just knew all these things. I was like, how does he know of all this stuff? And um, he played music as well. And um, I remember being at this party and, like, sitting around a fire and him playing, like, um, Gomez covers and Lawrence Arms covers. And I was like, oh, he's just the most perfect thing in the world. <laughs> Um, and I, and then I played in front of him maybe like the next day when we're all real hungover. And um, I remember being really nervous because like not many other people that I played around could play. So I was at all times and never felt that nervous. Cause I was like, well, none of, none of you guys can fucking do it. So like, it's fine, but he could play. And, um, I remember, yeah, playing for him and then he, his reaction was like so good and he loved it. And he was like, you've got to you should go busking. And I was like, Oh my God, I could never do that. Like that sounds terrifying. And he was like, no, no, no. Um, I'll, I'll hook, like hook you up with my mate, Kenna who busks all the time. And, um, he'll take you with him. Like he'll help you out. You can go busk with him for a bit until you get like the hang of it or you like the nerves go away kind of thing. And, um, yeah, because of him, he introduced me to this guy called Kenna, who's now one of my best friends. Um, and he let me come sit with him while he busked and we did some songs together. Um, I remember this lady offered us a show just like at a restaurant or something or at a pub. And I was like, my, I was, it was, I was like, he, Kenna had already been playing for fucking years and I was like the most excited I'd ever been about anything. I was like, Oh my God, I don't even think we did it. But I was like, I can't believe she would want us to play a show, like a real life show. And he was like, in front of people. Yeah. yeah. He was like, what are you talking about? 
anyway, so then I started busking, um, and I busked for years. Um, I didn't, I did, I guess like I liked the money, but I didn't really do it for the money. I just liked playing and it was a great way of playing where no one was really paying that much attention, but every now and then people were, um, and I could just scream like, that's like, I really, I blame busking for the fact that I can project my voice because I would be standing in the middle of like Launceston in the middle of winter and it's windy and it's freezing and I would just be belting my voice so anyone could hear it because when it's so windy, your voice is just getting carried away. So I just stand there and scream <laughs> um, and just get super emotional and yeah. Um, and then I did that for years until... I started going to the pub underage when I uh, was 17 and I was like the people I was hanging out with my friend Kenna, his band, he had a band called the stains, which is like till death. One of my favorite bands. Um, and I remember, I think I got asked to play a, I think it might've been an open mic night or something at my local pub, the Oak, but, and they didn't know I was underage, obviously. Um, so I said yes, and then the night of my first show, and actually, yeah, my mum took me out and bought me my first proper, like, steel string guitar because all I was playing was this shitty nylon string that I'd had since still I was... Still the same nylon? Still the same nylon string that I had had wow. since I was 13, 12 or 13. 12, I think. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, so... And the worst, like... Not and I was like I can't. I was like, Mom, I've got my first show, and she was like, All right, it's about time. Like, and she took me, and I've she went and took me and bought my first steel string. I got a Tanglewood, and I've still got it now, and it's beautiful, and I love it. Anyway, and I got there and had my hard case, and I think I put a sticker on it, and and then um, five minutes before I was about to go on stage, a friend of mine was super wasted and ratted me out and told them I was seventeen, and they kicked me out. Oh. And I got banned from the pub till I turned eighteen, um, and then, and then I, uh, no, I started playing. Fuck that person. And then, Fuck, like, call oh, him. I, I, tell no, him. No, I tell him all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Tristan Scarrett. Shout out. Good. Um, and then I was playing at this other bar whilst underage. Um, yeah, I think that's where I played my first show. But I did, would do this funny thing. I was playing heaps of shows there, but I would get so nervous about playing that I wouldn't tell anyone that I was playing, anyone at all. And then I would get there and have to play, and then I'd be like, oh, no one is here. And then I'd be like, that's my fault. It's because I didn't tell anyone. So then I would, like, put a post up on Facebook, and I'd be like, hey, guys, playing right now. Uh, and then no one, Please come. no one could come. So it would be like yeah. the promoter and some drunk fox at the bar. They'd just be like, oh, that was sick. You sound just like Missy Higgins. And I'd be like, fuck you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I started playing. I would just play like a lot of covers. Um, I think I only had, I think I maybe had three or four originals at that time. But they were, yeah, I don't even remember. They were pretty, they were pretty horrendous. Um, were you playing the first song you wrote? Or did oh, yeah. that kind of get followed away? Like the first song I wrote. Um, all, my, all my songs were really emotional and so dramatic for my age. Um, I had a song called I Hate Penises. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was just about me, like, having heaps of crushes. It didn't really make sense. Um, 
and yeah so then I yeah I played my first few shows at this bar and um I don't know it kind of like I think I then I think I played I think like I never took those shows seriously because I hated that bar and I hated the shows and I hated the people that came and then I got to play my first proper show um at the oak which was just me in the front bar and I played like for three or four hours and I was wasted the whole time it was the best but I lo- it was my it was my pub and I knew everyone there and I knew all the staff and I'd get free drinks the whole night and they were the best people in the world and that was probably like one of the best periods of my whole life so far um yeah and I would just play for hours and love it and people would be singing along because I would sing the songs they wanted to hear and um yeah, that was it. And then after like like experiencing that, though, that was just like I just want to do that all the time. Did you? How long after you turned eighteen did you move to Adelaide? And what made you go to Adelaide? Ugh. Um, so I moved out of home when I was seventeen, and then I was in Launceston for a bit, and then I moved down. I was down the East Coast for a little bit, and then I moved down to Hobart, and I was living with um, Lincoln Lefevre. Oh, yeah. Um, he's yeah one of my best mates. So I was living with him. It's two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, so I lived with him for the better half, better like the first half and a bit, a third of two thousand and thirteen. Yes. yes, I can speak. Um, and then I yeah I was started seeing someone in Adelaide and also needed a change like when I was living with like we were me and who were both just like depressed and then living in this cold awful house I mean it wasn't awful I take that back I love the house but it's cold and miserable and both of us were constantly bringing each other down and then um he wanted to move he'd never lived like at a Hobart and he was like I gotta get out of here I'm gonna well either one of us is gonna kill ourselves or the other one so all the other ones yeah <laughs> Uh, he was like, I'm going to go to Melbourne. I'm going to sell this house. I'm going to go to Melbourne. And he was like, come with me. And I, around that time was when I started seeing the person in Adelaide. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to move to Melbourne or I'm going to move to Adelaide. And uh, Melbourne stressed me the fuck out. So I was like, nah, I'll go to Adelaide. Because I'd visited, obviously, before. And I was like, this is just yeah. a good tassie. And it doesn't stress me out as much. And I know people here. And I, yeah. And that was what happened. So you moved to Adelaide? I moved to Adelaide and... Never looked back. Everything just went downhill since. Not joking. Joking. Um, There's obviously a, a lot more vibrant, like, music scene in Adelaide than in Hobart. Yeah, well, in Tassie yeah. in general. Tassie was just hard. Like, I love Tassie with my whole heart. And, like, I honestly every day want to move back. But I know that I couldn't move back unless I had a strategic plan for my future because I would just get very unwell. I like, I would just get super depressed. That was how I was super depressed before I left. And, um, it's just, yeah, it's a hard place to live. Um, I, is, is there a lot of depression down there? Yeah. I've, like more than, more than what you'd see in other know. capitals. It's one of those things where I think it's more there, but it's because I know everyone there. So, um, okay. Yeah. It would, I'm sure if I knew people only in somewhere else that it would seem the other way. So I think yeah. it's, I think it's everywhere. 
Um, I think it's a problem everywhere, but I definitely obviously notice it a lot more in Tassie. Like I've lost about, I've definitely lost three people close to me and two to three more like on the outer skirts of my friendship group to suicide in the last three and a half years. Um, all down there. And, um, yeah, that like, it's really like, it's, it terrifies me to my core, um, to move back there without, um, cause I've struggled with depression for a really long time and that's not ever been far from my, um, mind to, to move home to a place that is incredibly isolating without a plan of attack. And I'm, I just like, some people are just incredibly strong and some people just work really well down there and they thrive and others don't. And I just know myself well enough to know that without a yeah good, good plan, I would struggle to survive, <laughs> I guess. Is the, yeah, that's, a, the, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I found Adelaide to be the perfect middle ground of Tassie and I guess Melbourne. So there's, it's, there's stuff happening, but it's also quiet and it's not too stressful and I can escape to the bush or the ocean in 20 minutes, which is like virtually the same as Tassie. Um, it's not a huge town. It's not a huge city. Like, but at the same time, it's big enough that I don't know every cunt that walks down the street um, yep. yeah, like, but like, you notice how small I'm like, because I've been living here so long now, I'm noticing that, that it's small, but I still, it's still big to me. Like it's still, um, yeah, it's still, it's still enough, but yeah, I'm getting it a little bit itchy now cause it's coming on five years, which makes me feel a little bit unwell in the stomach. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, just to be able to say something has been five years makes me feel like that's a long time. Um, it, is, it definitely is a long time. <laughs> yeah, so, and I feel like when you get to five years of, of something, you're meant to be like, yes, but look at this thing that I've achieved. And I am terrible because, like, realistically, I've achieved a lot, but I'm not very good at seeing it. So, I'll like, my view of me being here for five years is, what the fuck have I done? Absolutely nothing. But that's not the case. But, um... Yeah, it definitely isn't the case. So, okay, let's let's pick a song that kind of what have you got that kind of sums up those years? This is like the one the one that I haven't I struggled because I picked like I was struggling with two different songs for this. Actually, no, there was like five different songs. What are they? Tell me them all and we'll pick one together. Well there was a bunch of different songs that were relative to me at that time. And over those times that, cause I was, I like those all, I had an influx of new music over that time. Um, so I had all of this stuff coming from different directions. So like, like I was listening to like a lot of Lucero, um, and then another woman called Kathleen Edwards, which is to this day, one of my favorite musicians. Um, a lot, a lot of the men singers, um, uh Iron Sheik. Um another small artist from the States called Lizzie Huffman. Um so there was just like a lot of songs that were prominent to me at that time. Like Alaska came into my life and Rock My World. Oh. How did how did you come across them? Oh, I like I, I like I could be completely wrong, but I have a feeling they weren't the touring machine that, you know. 
Oh no, I saw their reunion show. <laughs> the first, yeah, right. Okay. The first and only show I saw of them was their reunion show at the Weekender uh, in 2013. And that was the first time I saw them play and obviously the last unless they get their shit together and do it again because they hassle them separately all the time. Uh, so you should. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Alaska, probably definitely one of my favorite bands on the whole planet. Um, uh, yeah, so I saw them play there. I'd already, I would already knew Jen and then yeah, I saw them play and then I've toured with Corey um, with his band Adeline Pines and I've, like, I'm friends with Amy and I've played with Thomas and his band Run Squirrel. So, um, yeah. Uh, that's a, it's a lot of, there's a lot of really good bands that came out of that band. Oh, that's because it's like, it's a, just, it's a power group and I, I get emotional when I think or speak or listen to uh, like Alaska because I love it so much that I get angry when people don't care and I get I'd like I I listened to I have like all of the releases they've ever done and I would just listen to them every day on repeat like literally on repeat every day for like I remember those I did it for like six or seven months once and then I had to force myself to take a break because I was like I was so depressed and everyone was like I'm listening to this and I was like because if they get it and I was yeah I was it was just exactly what I needed so when I think about that time um yeah like Alaska played a huge part in my music and just me as a person but um there's so many other bands as well um the song that I chose for you to play was um, Mexican Guitars by Men Singers. Um, awesome. Yeah, that record, I, me and my partner at the time and our friends, we thrashed that like every single day on repeat for like a whole summer and more, probably a year actually when I think about it, but that was all we listened to, that whole record just on repeat and none of us even cared there was no question like you'd get in a car that was just what went on and no one like asked no one thought twice about it
like I don't know what to expect. I, I never really know what to expect with people. Yeah, what they're gonna have. Yeah. Yeah, but you've like I'm I'm so shocked that there hasn't been a you know as and not there's anything wrong with it, but like a singer songwriter like. It's just there's a lot of singer songwriters that I love, but um, I'm just like when I think of some because the other the other option they had for that was a woman called Kathleen Edwards who's a singer songwriter and that she was the other main part. But uh, when I think about that time, I remember that's the this is yeah. the record that I remember the most, like being that prominent. Um, yeah, I don't know those this like that's that's why I didn't like like. As soon as you said back with five songs, I was like, I hate this already. I don't want to do it because I automatically, as soon as it's like when someone says, uh, what's your favorite song? If someone asks me that, I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, don't ever try and make me do that. It's like saying, hey, pick your favorite parent. Hey, some people are easier to do. I can't do that. Um, And I automatically have this feeling inside me that if I pick, the, like whatever song I pick, something yeah. terrible will happen, and I will have to listen to that song. It's it's yeah, it's down. It's um, it's in folklore now. In some kind of weird, like weird, obscure corner of the universe. Yeah, this will be your. The, this will be five songs that summed up Beck Stevens. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which I hate. Like now, you've already stressed me out about it because I'm just like, could have played more unique things, and everyone will think that I'm really edgy. Which there are heaps of yeah. those things, but. To sum up that time in my life, these are the songs that, yeah. It's one of those things that I think when I was, like, a little while ago, I probably would have been like, oh, I've got to make myself sound really cool. But I just gave up on that. Like, I could have been like, oh, I've listened religiously since the age of four, Kathleen Hanna on repeat, Patti Smith. But it's just not the case. Like, <laughs> I never, like... I mean, it's it's lovely, but I, I I don't I get stressed when I have to meet. I don't even like referring to them as fans because it makes me feel a bit sick. But people that like my music get stressed out because I'm like they have already decided that I'm real cool and I'm only gonna crush that within little little do they know. Yeah, little do they know that I'm the biggest dog that they have ever met, and that's just the case. So sorry to everyone that listens to me and thinks that I'm cool. Um, I'm not, and that's fine. You don't like. <laughs> okay, so what are you doing now? Like not now, now because everyone knows what you're doing now. But like, what's happening in the world of Beck Stevens? Um, musically, like, are you playing much? Um, you, I think I mentioned to you just recently. I feel like you've been playing heaps in the state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that I'm forever gonna be that uh that that artist that um. I'm just, a, I'm just a real good hype artist and I get people real excited for a record that doesn't come out for like seven years. Yeah. But I'm going to be like, come on, guys, just did this, just did this, it's coming, and everyone's going to be like, woo! And then I'm going to really, like, but that's the thing is that I make the hype so great and then by the time it comes out, there's no way in hell that it could ever be as great as I've made it sound, so I just will never put it out. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's, that's the safe way to do things. It just seems to. I think it's a way better plan than actually releasing anything ever. Um, No, I did some recording last year and it was fun, but a lot of bad shit went down. 2017 is a write-off. Okay. uh, And basically, I'm in the works now of getting it mixed 
and mastered so I can really. So it, it will come out. It'll come out. Um, I might die before it happens, but it'll come out. Um, <laughs> you can possibly, um, posthumously pick up your aria. It's being, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's being mixed right now. So um, it's just, yeah, it's happening by a friend in Melbourne and I'm really excited to hear it. Um, but I'm also not because I've heard it so many times that I want to set it on fire. Um, but it's just hard to, you have to keep reminding yourself no one else has heard it except for the, like the songs that I've obviously played people have heard, but yeah. Um, I just want it to be done. Um, lots of good stuff's happening though. Like I joined hobbledyhoy at the end of last year, which is like the best thing has ever happened. Um, because they're just the best humans that I've ever worked with. Um, great label. Yeah. Just, just good people who are doing good things because they want to help people like that need help and just yeah it's just I, I I just I feel unworthy of them a lot of the time because they're just so kind to me and so good to me and so supportive and just have been so patient like we're trying to um, play music and get stuff done and play in a really toxic music scene where everyone's incredibly cruel to the other when you have poor mental health is extremely hard and um yeah so I struggle a lot but they are just so supportive I'll just be like guys I'm like I just won't they won't hear from me for a little bit or I'll they'll hear from me and I'll just be like look I'm gonna take a week or I'm gonna take a couple of weeks because I'm not functioning and they're just like just only the kindest people in the world and like send me send me gifts in the mail even though they live around the corner from me that's fantastic <laughs> little things they're just they're just the best just i can't even believe it it's yeah i when i when i announced that i joined them i, I said and i it still st stands to be true um it felt like the scene from matilda where miss honey signs the adoption papers and she's finally like free of her awful family although in saying that brackets i don't have an awful family <laughs> it's a metaphor my, my music family let's say i didn't have one before or if i did they weren't that good yeah. um uh no yeah working with hobbledy hoy is just beautiful and they're so kind and so supportive and so helpful and understanding because i explain everything really weirdly or i do everything in a really backwards way and they never try and change that they'll let you roll with it yeah, so I've got recording happening. I've got a couple of tours that I'm planning at the moment. Um, one of them's real exciting. Well, they're both real exciting. Um, uh, and yeah, just release it to a, and then just play some good shows with some good people. So I feel like I'm at a, took me a while, but I'm at a point now where I can just play shows that I want to play with the people I want to play with, and I don't have to play the shit shows that I didn't want to play yeah. anymore, which is really nice. So will you tour as a band? Yeah, so trying to do everything as a band now. Yeah, trying to, yeah everything is a band unless, like, specified otherwise. So solo would just kind of be, like, a nice thing that I do on the side. Yep. Um, it's crazy, though. Like, the first, like it's when I started the band, like the first few shows of the band I was so nervous and now that's normal yeah. and I struggle to play solo which like I never thought would be a thing and I remember meeting artists that play in bands that are huge bands and 
they were like, um, oh, I can't believe that you play solo. Like I've never played solo in my life. Like the front person of like some, some big band. And I was just like, how have you never done that? Like that just seems crazy yeah. to me. But now that I've been playing with a band for a while, um, it is nerve wracking because you're up there by yourself. And I did that for years and didn't care. And it was just not, it's just neither here nor there. It wasn't a thing. And now I'm like, oh my God. I can't hide behind everyone and I can't make eye contact. Cause like when you're on a stage of the band, everyone, this like, even though I'm like the only one singing and most of the time, probably people are looking at me. I can imagine that everyone's looking at other people in the yeah. band, but uh, everyone, everyone, uh, yeah. everyone's most definitely staring at me. Yeah. So with the, with the band situation, do you kind of like, do, do, when you're when you've written, do you write collectively? Was probably the question I'm trying to ask. Do you write the, do you write collectively, or do you do you write something and, and say, okay, here's here's my vibe for what we're going to do here, here, and here. Yeah, I just I yeah, basically so far I've just written it by myself, and then I take it in, take it in for um, surgery. Yes, that's a good way to <laughs> um, put it. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think the thing is that because the way that I write, I, I, I can't write something that's not incredibly personal, so I struggle to um, improvise that at a practice in front of people. I kind of have to be by myself. Um, and I'm just not good at improvising. My brain just doesn't work like that. I'll try and think of things on the spot, and I'm like, I've forgotten every single word in the – in English language, like I, yeah. <laughs> I just end up just making noises, and everyone's like, can't hear me. They just can see my mouth moving. Like, cool. What did you come up with? And I was like, oh, I was not saying words that whole time. Um, I just, I just made up. I just, I just sang a recipe for hummus. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Sometimes we might start jamming some chords and stuff, and then I can go home and be like, all right, that's a starting point because I struggle to. Um, I'm not the best guitarist, so sometimes I need a little bit of a push in the writing sense in the guitar so that I can um, uh, have a starting point to work from. Otherwise, I end up just recycling the same chords, which everybody does. But yes, I, I that's very true. I struggle. I get to a point where I'm like, everything fucking sounds the same. And then, yeah. yeah. But. So is is there anything else you want to plug before, before we wrap this up and pick the last <laughs> song? Uh, plug... Uh, well, where can people find where can people find you on the socials and whatnot? Uh, all of my stuff is on my Spotify. There'll be some new stuff out soon. I've got um, my new single will be coming out in the next couple of months, which I'm really excited for. Um, everything's on my Instagram. Um, a lot of good content, a lot of dogs, a lot of um, things that I think are funny that no one else does. It's all great. It's all great for you. It's heaps of dogs. Heaps of a dog. So it's all it's all, it's all, it's all it's all about at the end of the day. It is. It is. Dogs rule everything around us. Yeah. Yeah, sick. Um, <laughs> thank you. So, oh, actually, no, before we go, let's pick the song. Oh, yeah, we'll pick the song. And this is the one song that I hadn't picked yet because I got really stressed because I've got so much that I'm listening to at the moment. Um, I think right now, though, the thing that um, I have been thrashing is Phoebe Bridges. Okay. I don't know if you've heard her yet. No. Uh, my friend Mitch was trying to show me for ages, and I was like, I'm not ready. Go away. Go away. Go away. And then I was like, I'm listening. And he was like, I told you. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, 
yeah, she's incredible. Um, super sad. And that's my jams. Um, and I couldn't pick between two of her songs in particular, but I'm going to go with the song Scott Street. Scott Street by Phoebe Bridges. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Beck, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'm glad we got to sync it all up. I wonder if anyone will listen this far in. There's a lot of rambling in there. That's, that's what the people love. Like they love the they love the random they love the Simpsons quotes they love the random they love talks of doggos. I've been listening to so many podcasts lately, and like I like you want to listen to podcasts about people that you think are interesting, but it's just one of those things. Like, what if I just rambled so much that people were like, "Oh, shut up, lady." What do you listen? What podcasts you listen to? Um, I just started listening to um, what's his name? Um. Uh, the podcast is called Armchair Expert, and uh, okay. it's Dax Shepard, the actor. Um, he's in Without a Paddle and a couple of other things. Anyway, and he's basically just talks to a bunch of different famous people, but it's all really cool because he's just a laid back, quirky dude, and they talk about real shit, and it's good. Armchair, armchair Expert. Armchair Expert. Good to check it out. I'll add it to the uh, to the list. Yeah. That's it. Again, thank you so much. Um, right, mate. Thanks for having me. Let's, let's catch up when you're in town. Yeah, we'll do. See you soon, dude.
I told you that was mad. Beck Stevens. What a just just the best. Um, I'll post Beck's social medias things and whatnots uh, on all my social medias. Um, and you should basically, if she's in town, go see her. And if you're that way inclined, buy her stuff from Bandcamp or listen to her stuff on Spotify. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Nicole uh, for holding it. I mean, for everything, but in particular this month or the last four weeks, couple of weeks, holding it down while I was just fucking useless, basically. Useless and sick and all kinds of bad. And yeah. Um, I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow. So fucking cool. It's going to be 17... I mean, this is kind of dating this episode, but whatever. Uh, It's going to be 17 degrees in Sydney tomorrow. I don't know what that equates to north of the equator, but, you know, fucking pretty cold. Whilst in Hawaii, it's going to be 27, so fucking bring it on. Um, I'm going open ocean swimming with sharks, so that'll be fucking mad. Yeah, that's about it. Um, if you want to donate a dollar, I'd love it. PayPal.me slash myagepodcast. Um, you don't have to. You know, whatever. Uh, again, thank you to Gabe, Paddy Larson, and Sam Harwood. Um, yeah, just stay gold. All everybody, basically. And uh, unfortunately, this will be the only episode of the month, as I mentioned before. But... Um, I'll see you next month. Cool. Everybody knows that's how it goes. Everybody knows. And everybody knows. That it's now or never Everybody knows That it's me or you And everybody knows That you live forever Or when you're done A line or two Everybody knows The deal is rotten Old black Joe Still picking cotton For your ribbons and bows And everybody knows And everybody knows that the plague is coming Everybody knows that it's moving fast Everybody knows that the naked man and woman Are just a shining artifact of the past Everybody knows the scene is dead But there's gonna be a meter on your bed That will disclose What everybody knows And everybody knows that you're in trouble Everybody knows what you've been through on top of Calvary uh, to the beach in Malibu. Everybody knows 
that's coming apart. Take one last look at this sacred heart before it blows. And everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. That's how it Everybody.